Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real World Productivity Podcast. I'm Adam Moody, and today I'm talking with Matt Barnett, founder of the incredible app Bonjoro. Welcome, Matt. Thanks, Adam. Great to be here. Thanks. Well, I'm just going to jump right in. Like I said, uh, you know, the first set of questions I have is mostly about your background and experience, uh, just so everyone can get on the same page about who you are and know a little bit about where you're coming from. So if you don't mind, you know, just sharing with us a little bit about your background and kind of what brought you to where you are today. Yeah, sure. So I am an industrial designer by trade. So industrial design, product design, uh, studied out of London uh, for many years. So my history is designing medical products, phones, car parts, uh, Rolls-Royce engines. Um, moved to Australia uh, at the age of 26 to surf a little bit more. I got fed up with surfing in Scotland in the snow and the hail. And I uh, came here and fell into tech. Uh, I did move here with the intention of starting a business. Um, so I've, I've kind of had that in my blood, like, like my family entrepreneurs. Um, found myself in tech because, I mean, ultimately, building products is building products. And uh, the world where I was working, Australia wasn't a big manufacturing country. It's kind of yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but tech was just starting here. So it's kind of interesting. It, like, it, it was behind the curve probably by 10 years. Okay. So we got in pretty early. That first business failed um, miserably. Investors, the whole <laughs> lot. Crashed and burned. Founder, you know, breakup, all, all that jazz. Oh, wow. Um, uh, but then we started, we kept the founding company going um like me and one other guy uh we had investors we kind of felt like a moral obligation to give another shot we kind of pivoted we got that company working uh, which ended up doing research tech which still runs today and then out of that we then launched another company three years ago uh now called bonjour gotcha okay and, and with bonjour what's uh what's the rough size of the team the total company so i want to say we're I always get this wrong. I think we're, including kind of like contractors, probably 15, okay. maybe six, 16. We'll call it 15 for, for, for now. <laughs> and then, and is this remote or is there anyone there located with you? We'll co-located. Well, that's it. so we, we can't build products out of, well, no, we, yeah, we mostly build products out of Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an office here, but there's two of us that go, that go in. Yeah. And then we have an office in London, um, where we have three of the guys in full time and one of the guy kind of travels in once a week. Okay. Um, everyone else is remote. So it's so even remote in Australia. So um, the guys here are like out of Sydney. So gotcha. Okay. So, and then I guess obviously you started small and then have you been at 15? Are you kind of, are you guys in a mode where you're just adding people, uh, not continuously, but I guess as needed, um, you know, has it been like a slow growth or kind of how, how has that worked where you go from one or two people up to 15? Look, we've bounced back and forth. Yeah. We can't scale. Well, this is the biggest we've been. We kind of went up, we've kind of dropped down a couple people, hired some more. I think we got, I mean, we did the whole fundraise thing and we hired away and off we went and we've learned to become leaner. Um, like I said, look, this, this wasn't something that we kind of went out and built and then hired loads of people like on day one. Yeah. Uh, we've kind of taken our time getting here. So we've always been fairly lean because of that reason. Um, I think we've realized that we have a core culture. We've started doing the remote thing a lot more and, and kind of cracking how that works. Um, we like, I like having quite a lean team. So like, I like having team, like we're, we're kind of a fairly, a fairly senior team, I, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. We don't have many juniors, so we hire people who kind of just get on with their stuff. Um, obviously, that we're hitting that breaking point where that's changing now. 
Um, but I think in a small uh, business and as you're growing, it's nice to have it where everyone knows what they're doing. They can get on with it. There's not much management. Gotcha. Um, okay. And so on okay. your website, I mean, you're listed as the Papa Bear. Is that actually uh, your term or? That, that is my official title. Okay. There we go. So I'm going to roll with it. So as uh, the Papa Bear, then, you know, 15 people in my mind, that's not something that I feel like I could really easily connect with each of those people. Like, do you now have someone, um, you know, who helps you run it? Or like you said, with having more senior people, do you find that you can still manage 15 people on your own? Uh, no, so it's teams really. So you okay. you need to have you need to have. Like, at the beginning, we were quite naive and we were like, "Let's be a completely flat organization." Doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's obviously you need some hierarchy. I think it's one of the things we've learned is that you need, especially with kind of more junior team members. Um, with some like our developers, obviously we need to have a hierarchy there. So we've kind of like like we've just started using a couple of couple of developers in Manila, um, who are awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally, how we use them is is we kind of do products here in Australia. So I'm, I'm kind of product manager. Uh, then we have a designer here as well. And then we have my CTO here as well. So the three of us can't dictate product if you like. Um, yeah. CS marketing is generally out of uh, UK and South Africa. So they kind of give us our information for making a lot of those decisions. Um, and then we kind of disperse it down to the team. So my CTO will sit above developers. My, my head of marketing, Ollie in London, um, will sit above uh, the marketing uh, team. Mm-hmm. Um, CS is kind of run from here. It's a little bit, CS is harder. CS is, is a bit, bit, bit more disparate because we have to cover time zones. Um, and just for people listening, when you say CS, do you mean customer service? Customer success actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah so, 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 so to be fair, we, we, we do put customer service in customer success. Mm-hmm. I think the difference for people who haven't, who aren't familiar with the term. So customer, customer service is, is kind of, is, is what I will call support. Mm-hmm. It's people coming in and we're just saying, look, this is how you do this. This is how you do this. Yeah. Customer success is someone who sits across a customer journey off. They've kind of come on board as a customer. So they'll, they'll be looking at, right. New leads coming in into the system. How are we doing our drip emails to make sure they activate on, on, on the product? How are we looking at getting sure that um, any paid user is definitely activated in three months and therefore just doesn't churn? How do we make sure that, you know, customers know how to upgrade and how do we encourage people to add, to add team members? How, how do we collect feedback and give that product feedback to the product team so they can go and make better decisions? That's really customer success. So they kind of sit across product too. They sit across kind of customer journeys. They're not necessarily on support, but they have support team that work with them. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so, okay, you've described a lot of uh, geographical locations, right? So truly remote, you guys are all over the place. So I'm, I'm curious, how do you... Um, handle uh, meetings and communication, you know, is there some sort of, uh, you know, one, once in a blue moon, you guys have like a all hands meeting or is it totally asynchronous or, or how do you guys do this? Yeah. So we've done, uh, we do retreats, uh, once a year. Okay. Um, now we've got, now, I think we've got a stage, we, we tend to do it with, with the kind of, with, with the full-time members. So, so we have a few contractors like, um, you'll see, we have some pretty good, um, some pretty good artists that, uh, on the, on the site, doing our bears and stuff. Uh, that's a children's book designer from Poland. Oh, cool. Called Bernadette. But she, but, but she is um, kind of part-time. So, so when we do these retreats, it tends to be with, with the full-time members. Uh, what we'll do is we'll um, get everyone together. We did the, the Scotland and UK last year. We did Australia the year before. Um, this year, we, we do bias it towards where there are big chunks of team. Mm-hmm. 
um, at the moment. I think, you know, like, like, yeah, we talked about doing a Japan trip and taking him on skiing um, for a week. It would be, it would be fairly expensive. So I guess that's kind of the balance of doing, but yeah, getting everyone together once a year. Um, we do a team call every, like every, was it second Tuesday of the month? Okay. So check it, second Tuesday, we get on an all hands call. Um, we don't always get the UST on that because doing UK and a, so, so Australian Manila is easy. South Africa is pretty easy. America throws that out. Um, having Southern and Northern Hemisphere at both ends of the spectrum, we end up with, we end up trying to get their evening or our morning or vice versa. And America tends to be like in the middle of the night at that time. Yeah. So it, it, it's getting stage where, it, where it's, it's kind of impossible to get everyone on the call. Um, but we do it. It's mostly a culture thing. We, we go through, so we'll actually do like business numbers. So, so we'll go, we'll get each team lead to present. So marketing, we'll go through marketing for the prior month, what they were aiming for, what they hit, what was great, what was shitty. Um, and then they'll go look, and this is what's happening in the month or the quarter ahead. You know, I'll, I'll kind of just reiterate quarterly goals and then yeah, the CTO will go through kind of, kind of like products. Okay. Um, CS will go through that. And so everyone kind of gets, get, gets a bit of a standpoint. A lot of it's around culture and kind of having a chat and kind of saying hi to everyone. And then we encourage, I guess, kind of team meetings and, you know, naturally the Australian team will be talking most days. The UK team will be talking every day. Um, there are like, the Manila team on the same time zone pretty much as Australia. So they're talking with us as well. South Africa talks with everyone because they're across everyone's time zone. So again, we, we just, we're not, so here's the thing that like, so I'm, I'm kind of going like on a down a rabbit hole here, but the one thing I think is hard, yeah. but, which I'd love to get to, we haven't done it. I don't know if it's, if it's possible the way technology is set up today, but when you're in an office, and we used to be in an office when we first started, we were all in Australia in the same office every single day. You definitely build, you definitely can build quicker because you, you can turn around, well, or maybe like um, conflict management's a lot easier because if, if you have an issue, you turn around and you chat to someone and it's done in two minutes. Mm-hmm. Or someone go, hey, what do you think of this? Look at this. Now, when you're remote, you're spending more time thinking in isolation. If conflicts come up, there's a thing where people go down Slack holes where they start chatting on Slack for yeah. you know, half an hour when, they, when it's a one-minute conversation. I think, I think the way to solve this is to get a stage where people are comfortable going, doing the same thing where they would turn around and go, hey, have you got two minutes? But here you go, hey, have you got two minutes? And you chuck Zoom on, you show them something, and then you get back to work. Mm. Rather than us thinking, look, whenever you start Zoom, it's going to be a half an hour call. It, it doesn't really have to be. It could be two minutes. Yeah. But I think it, it, it's obviously fundamentally different doing that than turning around and chatting to someone. So how do you get stage where it is that easy to do that? Where I think it's mostly training. I think it's mostly training people um, to do it in terms of the way they behave. So kind of behavior, getting into habits. Um, it is difficult. I think if you get to that where you had that kind of turnaround thing, it would be fine. Working with teams in other countries was always an issue anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, but I think, I think so you're then looking probably one of the best things you can do there is try to get multiple, multiple team members in a time zone. Um, so again, but we had a guy in Manila. He was great. We're now hiring the second guy in Manila, um, partly um, to basically be with him so that he's not on his own. And if you ever had someone there, he could turn around to somebody and say, Hey, how do, how do you do this? You know? Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I'm, I'm writing down a note as we're talking and I'm thinking about this, you know, a lot of, um, I haven't read extensively, but a few books on, you know, management and, um, you know, different styles of leading teams. 
And I think this is interesting because there's got to be a book out there. And I guess that's my question for you. If you've seen one or if you follow any frameworks that talk about this exact type of situation that a lot of these books are written about, yeah, you should be able to turn around or you should have this weekly face-to-face -face with, you know, the, your team. But if you can't do that, you know, how are you supposed to do this? And I, I, I'm kind of surprised now that you're bringing this up. I was like, wow, I haven't seen anything that speaks directly to this. I think there's a, so, so, I, so I actually still think remote working is pretty young. I, yeah. know it's, I know it's much more of a thing now than it was three, four years ago. And the States is, is more progressive in this. Um, but remote working in the States is very differently to remote working globally. I think so. Like one of the teams, I think is really big, like started pretty early. There's a couple of really good teams here. So like Zapier, mm -hmm. they've written a lot about this. The Basecamp team as well. Um, but I think the one caveat I put with them, I mean, the really it's kind of comes through is especially in the early days. Well, while they had a totally remote team, it was remote within America. Okay. Now, now they're now they're everywhere. Like we have someone who sits like Zapier here in Australia who sits opposite us. But when you start obviously America, they they kind of like learned like on the same on, on similar time zones. So yeah, if you're in America, when you're going across, you know, the, the 12 hours or something. So. Yeah. And you can, and you can hop on a plane, like I'm assuming from, you know, like New York to, to LA, if you have to, and it's a couple hundred bucks and you can do it and you can do it for a day and get back, you know, or do it overnight and get back. Um, not the same with London. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> just, yeah. Like you're talking like tw 24 hour minimum, minimum travel, you know, 12 hour flip on and says jet lag, uh, which is fine going one way, but coming back, it's, it's a bit of a bugger. Um, so I think you, I think some of the lessons are absolutely applicable. Mm -hmm. There's some huge benefits to it, such as, um, you know, product feedback comes in the morning, you build overnight, it's out the next day. I mean, 24 hours. Yeah. Like that's, that's always been something that, that, that we've pushed and, and that has been appreciated. Um, the whole turnaround thing. Again, I just think it will come down. I think it's a hard thing to learn. And I think, you know, we actually hire, we actually tend to try and hire people who've done remote work before. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. You're um, not trying to teach them the skills they need to, to work remotely. At the moment. The th so the thing where all this breaks down is with more junior, is with more junior team members. Now, obviously we're getting a stage where we, you know, we have a couple of junior, more junior team members and uh, like, as we grow, we will hire them to fill certain roles mm -hmm. that don't make sense to be doing at the top of the pyramid. That's where I think it's hard because junior team members do need more support. They do need more direction. They actually need more kind of like, um, I think culture is very important for them at the beginning. Like, I mean, I think it's not quite the right word. I think culture changes as you get more established. So with us, we're all confident. We know what we're doing. Quite a few of us are dads now. And if we don't catch up with everyone every week, we're just fine with that, you know, like, like we've, we've been through it. We've actually done the office thing. We've done it for years. We've all had that thing. We've done the drinks on Friday afternoons for many years. We've had a go new young people coming into the industry. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's an awesome part of working. Like I, I wouldn't want to miss out on that. So how do you give them that? And again, I, I think the way to do it is to have satellite offices mm -hmm. and try to hire around hubs. So, you know, I like South Africa's fine. Yeah. Like, 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 Johan in South Africa is kind of in his forties, got kids, like married, like yeah, got, got like older kids, like like he doesn't care at all, yeah, you know. But then like in, in London, I'm like, right, if we hire in the UK, we'll hire around the office. If we hire here, we have an office. If we hire in Manila, we have an office. States, we don't have an office, but if we start to hire junior, then we'll look at doing it. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's probably I think that's probably going to be the most difficult thing is say yeah, training up junior team members. Yeah, 
promotes a lot easier if you're hiring more senior people who've who've got experience in remote work or just got a lot of experience in their field or starting to have families because then like the remote thing is awesome it's it's like a massive plus yeah i guess that turns into the motivation to get up speed real quick so yeah you know look, 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 and it's a learning curve yeah like I, I i i'm an extrovert the other guy i mentioned going into the office here is an extrovert you know for us we have to get into the office a few times a week or we go crazy <laughs> gotcha that makes sense. Um, well, then I'm curious too about then the, the kind of the downsides or the things you've overcome. So you've mentioned a, a couple of things that have been tough, but you know, what are, I guess, some things you've learned as far as growing a team and becoming kind of, you know, internationally remote? What are things if you went back maybe that you would change or do differently? Yeah. So I think when you hire someone, mm-hmm. like fly, fly, fly them over. Like so we would... Yeah, we like make things where we'd hire people and then we'd like wait a few months because we're having a team retreat or something before we met them. Do it, do, just do it straight away, honestly. Like, like, uh, and like if you're investing in that person, you're investing in them, so invest in them properly. Um, especially, especially if they're not with the team. You know, like, probably le- less important if, it, if they're, let's say, like with us, they'd be in the London office because they have team there. If they're on their own, like in the States. Like at first time in the States, we took a few months before we met with them, like four months. That, that was a mistake. We should have done it straight away to get them up to speed a lot faster. Gotcha. Um, again, the, it doesn't matter if it's cost, yeah? Like, you've just chosen to invest in that person regardless, so, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the cost down the road is going to be so much higher that, you know, it's insignificant to fly them at that point. Yeah, worth it. I think, like, the whole team retreats, like, is great. It's mostly do it for culture reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have to get together. Look, it, it, if, if it's difficult to do it internationally and, look, and, and there is an expense, which, to be honest, can be offset potentially by office savings, mm-hmm. then you know, get local teams together. So, you know, at least give like you know, the London team a budget to go away for a weekend, give the Aussie team a budget to go, to go away for a weekend, you know, with us, like fl- flying the guys from the Philippines to here is, is, is nothing. It's cheaper than flying them from Perth. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, okay. You no. Know, so like, I, I think that's kind of one thing. Conflict management is going to be your first issue mm-hmm. that you'll hit. And it might not be with you. And this is probably as harder as it's, as it's between your, your team members. So we've had this, we had some pretty serious like conflict management, different, very different personalities, which face-to-face are fine and everyone gets on. And then on Slack, some people, like, like, there's different communication methods. You know, I, I, I personally, like I'm a creative, I can't read 10 paragraphs of text. Yeah. You know, I can look at someone, I can talk to someone or I can look at like images and then translate that. Other people, like Ollie, my, my, my marketing guy, like, 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 he, like he's a wordsmith, you know, he looks at, he, he can't, I'm like, can you just give me a sketch? He's like, I can't do that. <laughs> He's like, I need to read it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and you learn that like, there's these very different, you know, some people just want to talk, some people want to listen. There's very different comm style that are not all suited to living life on Slack. Mm-hmm. And so it's very easy to misinterpret people. It's very easy for frustrations to explode. Um, international times, it's made it harder again because, you know, you have conflict, you have conflict with someone and they're asleep and you can't get back to them. And so, you know, what they, they stew for five hours. Um, this is difficult. And again, there's a bias towards going online and writing rather than just having a chat. Mm. Um, and writing is not, not built for content management. No, that makes sense uh, uh, a lot. I think that that would be difficult. It's not something I've had to deal with, but I mean, I just think about it as like uh, texting. I mean, it's essentially the same where, you know, you, you can't tell sometimes what someone's saying. Are they being sarcastic? Are they not? Are they joking around or not. And then like yeah. you said, if someone, you know, they're offline and they're gone, then that's going to spiral if you're not able to control it. Look, like I said, this is a dangerous family. Yeah? It's not necessarily you because yeah. like 
I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good with people. I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty good. Um, but then, you know, you'll like conflict will happen between other team members and they might not resolve it well or not be as, as good. There. And you might, you might find out about it months later. So in the office, you would see if people are having a, you know, having an issue and you might step in or you might have a word afterwards. You know, you might think, okay, well, I, I, I'm going to try and help here. When you're a remote team, you, may, you might not get that chance. So how do you even get the signals that, to be aware of that? Mm. You know, because, because at some point, so because some conflicts, if, if they happen, like it, it is valuable to have a mediator step in. It is valuable to have someone else come in and say, hey, guys, calm down. This isn't an issue. Makes sense. So yeah, uh, speaking more about remote teams. So you've kind of described what you have. You've got yourself, it sounds like one other locally. You've got, you know, teams set up where possible and then some single remotes. So at this point with your business, what do you feel the most important kind of role is in a remote team? Would, would you be as kind of the leader, the, the most important part? Is it a team lead somewhere? Uh, or is it that, that, you know, there's no one role that's really absolutely critical? Or I guess, uh, you know, what do you feel about that? I mean, this is more, more business size. Like at our size, quite a lot of us are not replaceable, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, like I don't think right now I, I, I'm replaceable. Um, which obviously is, is a challenge for business because you know, like you, you don't want to have key key man syndrome where you know if I get hit by a bus, what happens? Yeah. Um, so I think what we're trying, and this is about maturity of the business more than being remote. I think is, is we're trying to move to a stage where we have definite heads of departments. So at the end of the day, like my CTO runs the tech team, like like he helps with the hiring, he makes the tech calls. You know, like he's yeah. the like the buck, the buck stops with him. Mm-hmm. If I challenge him or bring ideas in, which I do because I stick my, my nose into everyone's business, <laughs> yeah. you know, like at the end of the day, if it, he can overrule me, yeah? The same in marketing, like Ollie runs marketing, yeah? Like Grant at the end of the day runs operations. You know, if he turns around and says, we're starting a US company because it makes sense for, for, for this reason, mm-hmm. and it's going to cost us X amount, so you need to find the budget, then, that, then that's it, yeah? Then we have to go ahead and do that. So I, I think you need to give, you know, your team... Um, complete control over their team. You need to help them. You need to like grow, grow them into that role. You want to get stage where there's no key man. You're going to have, t- you're always going to have key team members. Yeah. And there shouldn't, and there, and there shouldn't be one single person on any one piece of information. There should always be two people that have access as well. Makes sense. Um, I, there's another area I want to talk about, but before I kind of uh, do a really jarring segue into that, um, is there anything else as far as your team or a team or remote teams um, that you want to share? Uh, and I guess also one of those follow on question might be, what do you, do you have any plans for growing the team or do you see things changing in terms of, Hey, I see us going to 30 people and here's what I'm going to do. Anything like that? Look, we, 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 we got a few hires that we want to make as ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about, I was, I was talking about some my CEO yesterday. It's always balanced. I'm like, should we, should we get stage where we actually have money in the bank? And I'm like, he's like, yeah, but as soon as you have that, you're going to go hire someone else, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I am. Yeah. So look, 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 we're not going to go hire hundred people, but like we've got, you know, probably three key roles we want to hire um, in the near future. Um, look, look, in terms of remote teams, honestly, do it. Um, definitely do it if you live in Australia or in a small country. Uh, look, look, it's about access to the best skills. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we are an Australian company, 88%, 89% of our customers are overseas, not here. So th- there's a need for us to support people overseas straight away. But then there's also a need to understand cultures overseas. Um, 
You know, if, if the best marketing guy could find a bit on the doorstep here, we would hire him. If he'd been in San Fran, we'd have hired him, but he happened to be in London. You know, well, when we went and looked out for an artist um, to work with us, we happened to find a great, like, I, I went and looked, thought, like, basically through the work, found an amazing, like, Charles Book person in Poland, managed to f- get in touch with them somehow, managed to get them on board, you know, to do our freelance work. Like, you know, I didn't want to have to limit myself to looking for someone mm-hmm. on, on the home team. I just want, I want the best work possible. Makes sense. Other things come into it, you know, like time zones is a huge one. Pricing is a big one as well. You know, like different people cost different amounts, different countries. Um, use that to your benefit as well. You know, if you're in the Valley, people are extremely expensive. You know, America, go hire someone in, in, in Portland or go hire someone in South Africa for certain yeah. roles. You know? Makes sense. Okay. Well, um, then we're going to move over. I want to talk a little bit about automation because this is something that Bonjoro helps do. Um, and I previously talked to uh, Ben Dell. He was the founder of Hey Summit. Um, he's done some other tools as well. And we were talking about this, kind of the role of automation in the world now and moving forward, but also personalization. So for me personally, and this isn't meant to be, you know, some over-the-top compliment, but I feel like Bonjoro hits that sweet spot, right? Um, you're helping speed up personalization, which is kind of an interesting thing uh, to me. So, you know, do you see this being an emerging trend as far as kind of in the tech space of like, hey, you can, you know, we've gone into automation, but now it's, I see a lot, some tools at least starting to like help increase the amount of personalization, which is really cool. Um, and so I don't know if this is new or maybe I'm just late to the party. How to, do you see anything like that kind of happening? Any trends like that? Yeah. So we have, we have a, we have a, we have a, ta- a tagline for this <laughs> that we coined. <laughs> Um, like, just so, just so for the listeners too, we did not discuss this beforehand. I swear. So. No, 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 this is this is not planned. Wink, yeah, wink. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we always say that automate processes, but never relationships. Ah, okay. So that that kind of that, that that that's the ethos behind what we do. Now, is it a trend? I mean, personalization in business has been around forever, <laughs> like yeah. forever and ever. Uh, I think I don't think it's a trend as much as. I think what's happened is people go on, we've all gone online, we've gone into the kind of the growth economy, people, businesses have been growing faster, we've gone, right, how do we automate, how do we automate? Automation is amazing. Um, But then, to an extent, in some areas, it's been taken a bit too far. I think what's happened is, I mean, like, as consumers, you see this where you realize that companies just don't care about you. And when there's only one company who does the thing you want, like, you never have a choice. Now there's a lot more competition in the market and like anything you want, there's, there's more than one person doing it. Suddenly you're in a space where if a company does, doesn't care about you or doesn't, or doesn't try or doesn't show anything, you're not going to dislike that company, like for sure, yeah? Um, but you're not going to care about them. And then when something goes wrong, there's a good chance you'll bounce. So I think the balance here is, you know, as I always say, is that the pain of automation is that all, all, all the stuff that you shouldn't be doing, all the processes, yeah, automate that. The stuff that you should be doing really is around relationships. Um, you know, the, the bit that you're good at is working with other, other people. You know, so why would you automate that part of it? That's how you will be able to compete and you always have been able to compete there and that's going to keep going for the future. People like people, like we're social creatures. That, that, that isn't going to change. You know, millions of years of evolution is not going to drop you know, just because we have automation. So if you can do that, helps you stand out, helps people like you, helps you keep people for longer, helps you convert people. Um, all these things. So stick with it. Gotcha. Well, I'm definitely going to put that up. That's going in my little quote book and I'm going to use that. The automate processes, not relationships. So I really like that. That's a good way. I think a succinct way of putting it. So 
Awesome. Um, so uh, just so everyone knows, like Bonjoro is a, a tool that I'm currently using. That's uh, part of why I reached out to Matt to be on the, uh, the podcast. And uh, I'm going to let him describe it just because I don't want to butcher it because I use it in a very limited use case. I've only been using it for about a month, but um, for consulting, I use it uh, to send out a quick video when people book a call with me and just say, hey, I got your request. I'm approved it if I have approved it and you know, reiterate what I want them to do beforehand and then just say, looking forward to talking to you. And um, the response has been great, but it got me thinking uh, before I had Matt show up for the podcast, I was like, I bet there's a lot of use cases beyond this and some, some stuff people probably don't even think about. And so I'm kind of selfishly interested and also hopefully people listening, I know there's a lot of people in different businesses. So I guess, Matt, what are like some of the use cases you've seen for Bonjoro besides what I just talked about? Yeah, it's just to explain what Bonjour is. It's essentially a one-to-one personalized video messaging tool uh, that more importantly sits as a layer on top of the software that you already use. So we plug into CRMs, we plug into Shopify stores, Patreons, you name it. And these messages have a purpose, which is to help you convert more leads, to help you activate more customers, and then to help you keep customers longer and drive word of mouth. So things like driving testimonials. Um, so what we do is, is by plugging into a CRM, we say, look, at this point on a customer journey, it's a new lead, it's a new customer, et cetera. We'll give you a notification and we'll say, hey, look, why don't you send John a message? Uh, thank you for signing up and tell him to go and do X, Y, and Z, which he hasn't done, done already. And so you'll record a literal message for John on video. Hey, John, saw you signed up with Archer whatever, you know. Um, welcome on board. We're based here in, in, in Australia. Uh, I didn't notice you hadn't done X, Y, and Z. Please go and do that. And if you have any questions, reply and let me know how I can help. You then press go. With the system then packages up that, up that video, pops it in the email, sends it out to John, tracks all the results of that, allows John to respond and talk to you as well. That's how it works. Um, and in terms of where we fit, what I might do is we just like two, two days ago released what we call a video funnel playbook. Mm-hmm. Um, so we basically want to talk to a lot of our users so, um, about where they use us and how they use video in their funnels to do these two, three things, convert, activate, and grow. And it really goes everywhere from e-commerce to consultancy to SaaS um, to nonprofits. Um, as long as you have a funnel whereby you're looking to convert more leads and you think a little bit of personalization, a little bit of a human touch will help. If you're in an industry whereby you have challenges activating new customers, so SaaS, when, they, when a paid customer comes on board in the first few months, you have to get them to obviously activate on the product or they go. A little bit of a human touch there, jumping in and saying, hey, look, you know, my name's Brian. If you need help, I'm here. Helps a lot. In e-commerce, after something's been purchased and delivered, pop a video and say, hey, Tom, just want to make sure you've got this. Um, if, you, if you like it and you have five minutes, can you go and leave us a review? Here's a Trustpilot link. You know, when you do these things, you take this time. It's a little reciprocation. People are like, this is amazing. Someone just stopped. But wait, it's not about video. I mean, this is the key, yeah? It's not about video at all. It's the fact that you've just stopped for 30 seconds and you've taken the time to check in with that customer in person. Yeah. And that's the thing that people go, okay, well, these people care. And if they've done this for me, I'll go and do something for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's uh, honestly what, what uh, hooked me. I got a video from you when I signed up. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And, and to me, the video was it. And I understand what you're saying. It's not the video, but the video was the provable part that, oh, somebody actually took 30 seconds, recorded this and sent it to me. Like, that's really yeah. neat. I'm going to definitely check out the email I got from them and, and dive in and, and see how I can do this. So yeah, like, like, that's it. Yeah. Like, and again, like, this is not new. This is not new. Yeah. You're like our parents' generation had this normally. Like, like, we, like we had it back in the day. 
like you would go to the grocery, you know the guy. Obviously, you're not going to grow so, you know, necessarily around the corner, but you are working with businesses around the world. You're probably working with more people in business. You know, the ones you like, you're going to be more likely to stay with them. And if you have an issue, you're going to be more likely to come back and be like, hey, guys, can you help me out here? Whereas the ones that you don't know, if you have an issue, you're like, you know what, I'm going to go try the other software. Yeah. Yeah, Simple. makes sense. Well, um, speaking about putting this into routines uh, and into flows, we're going to go kind of full circle here and uh, talk about uh, you know, what you do with your team and how you run things. I'm just curious, uh, as far as routines go, you, you know, you mentioned kind of having a surfing background. You, you came here to, to start companies. So I'm curious, what, what kind of a routine do you have? Are you a routine driven person? Or do you have to, have you implemented routines to kind of help yourself or how does that work for you? Uh, loosely, loosely held routines. Yeah. Um, I did not surf as much as I did when I, was, when I, when I first moved here and I was surfing every day. Um, necessity of business. I moved, I moved away from the beach now as well with the family. Uh, so my main routine is getting up early. So I tend to start at five thirty. So it's it's we just hit seven o'clock here uh, in Australia. So mornings are my time between now and kind of nine a.m. I'll get all my work done for the day, and then I'll spend the rest of the day fighting fires. Yeah, I felt yeah, I felt that's how it works. So the whole five a.m. club, like it's a thing. If you haven't tried it, try it. It's 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 beautiful. Um, early mornings then generally speaking i'll so pre nine o'clock do all the catch-up uh probably do my my more important work i will talk to um team members in other countries and i will do podcasts so like i'll never do a podcast i'll never do a call, call to a customer after 9 a.m because mm-hmm. uh, they're primarily europe and the states and then the daytime morning will be working with kind of product team uh, afternoon will be solving some something that i want to go and solve and work on so right now we're doing a lot of stuff around metrics and I'll be getting into that. And then back towards, you know, uh, well, I guess that you then break family time for a few hours. So I don't work after four um, until seven. So I'll spend that time with my daughter, uh, with my wife, pick her up from school, put her down. And then after that, we're generally back on calls with uh, the overseas team gotcha. in the evening. Okay. So it's kind of, a, it's kind of like a either end of the day working breaking the middle exercise i love to say I have a routine for exercise um i fit it in a few days a week when i can like a row quite a lot um but i do i do believe what they say when you know when there's like there's, there's like health there's family there's work there's friends and there's exercise and honestly you could do one really well you could do the second one okay the third one you can just about crack and the other two you, you gotta drop Gotcha. Well, then circling back around, because I I found uh, in my life exercise to be really important, um, you know, from from being out of shape and in shape and back and forth. And then over time, finally working to even things out. Um, For me, it's running and you mentioned rowing. So I'm going to get, do you like, uh, uh, like as far as like, like a crew boat or um, erg machine or what do you do? Yeah. So I use ergos now. Um, I I, I rode for five years when I was younger Mm -hmm. on, on, on boats, like at school. So that's what I'll come back around to. Look, my, my preferred exercise is, yeah, so running and running and surfing for sure. Um, surfing will take me a couple of hours because I'll go to the beach, I'll be in the water, I won't get out. Running will take me an hour and a half because I'll, I'll do you know, a minimum of 10K and I'll come back and I'm, and I'm done uh, for a while. Yeah. I have found by moving to an ergo, I can wrap things up a lot quicker. So generally, from start to back to work, uh, it'll be a maximum you know, 45 minutes an hour. Um, which sounds a little bit like basically I, I, I'm trying to get exercise more efficient and more regular. That's the kind of goal here. So I can spend more time with family and with work. Um, I think for a while, 
I did when when you first have a child and you're growing a business, like it gets pretty overwhelming. And honestly, like exercise is the one that you push out. Yeah. So now it's now it's a stage of 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 how can I routinely do exercise in the right time zone. Like I, I think it's a learning process. Yeah. I think I think as as I get my head around it more and more, you know, I'll run more again. But I think surfing now is unfortunately been delegated to a weekend. Gotcha. Active. But I'm going to guess too, you find this that, um, you know, when you don't do it, obviously when you had a child, you're running a business, you know, you deal yeah. with certain things and that's just the way it is. But it sounds like now that you've got the time, like, uh, you know, the exercise helps everything else. If you're able to get out and run or surf a couple times a week, you find, I would imagine you find yourself in a better place and able to function better. I'll let, we've all talked about this. I think my, my CMO wrote an awesome LinkedIn post on this. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, because he hit this, so he's just, he's just he's just got his second child due, and he hit this where he'd been like, like he, I wouldn't say depressed. He was like pretty unhappy and stuff and down, and it was and it came to exercise, yeah. And like I actually went through the same thing, <clears throat> where I don't understand why we drop it. You do because you think it's fine. I can drop that. Other things are more important, yeah. And maybe they are, but I can tell you, like like after like you'll hit these points when you're like, I don't feel great. I'm not feeling good, and then. It, this might go off months and then you do exercise again and you get back into it and you're like, hang on a minute. That that's all it was. And it is that black and white. If you don't exercise, there's going to be points when you feel like shit, to be fair. Um, you need to exercise regularly. It's absolutely linked to mental health. It's linked to positivity. It's linked to game more done. Like it, the hour you spend will give you an hour and a half back of extra work. <laughs> like, like if you're looking at it mathematically, don't drop it. But you will if you if you like. There's common <laughs> stages in your life when you will, and we all do. And when you get it back, you just who knows? It's it's weird. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's something hard one. I've had, you know, again, I think everyone finds out for themselves at certain points. You drop it in your life, and then realize once you get back into it, like okay, it becomes more important because you realize how much of a change it does make for you. So, I like healthy like, eating as well. You know, like like eating healthier, trying to do more vegetarian meals each week. Is, is really good I think you know you are what, what you eat as well yeah and again you that will slip off the bandwagon when you're starting to pull long hours uh, but then pull it back again again this, this is stuff that's actually I think this is stuff that's harder to remote because you don't have team members around you necessarily because there's always someone on the team who is a gym monkey there's always someone who is like you know uh, looks like um, you know Goliath or whatever and you're like and that's the guy and, you're like, and that guy drives you forward if you want to see that guy every day, then it's quite easy just to slip off, off the bandwagon and be like, well, no one can see, so who cares? So remote, you know, we pay people's gym mem- memberships for this reason. Oh, that's great. Uh, but you need to push, you know, like you team gotta, help you gotta team. You've got to go to the gym. <laughs> so. if, you, if, you see, if you see a teammate and then in the stage, then you know, step in, yeah, step in somehow and say, hey, you should be doing this thing, you know? Yeah, man. Well, that's cool. Well, I'm glad you do that for them. Um, and I do have something else I want to touch on real quick because people are always interested in this. Uh, what kind yep. of tools do you guys use? I think you mentioned Slack. That's um, not, you know, something you guys use. What are there? Is there any other tools you got used as a team? Yeah, Slack. Um, look, we did Basecamp for quite a while, but we actually dropped it quite recently. Um, we moved instead into letting teams have their own platforms to discuss. So we found that that because different teams fundamentally work in different ways. Uh, this is better for them. So for instance, you know, the product team use Jira uh, naturally and then they use Zeppelin for design. Um, we use, uh, I think the marketing team tends to use Notion. Uh, work, work, works really well for them. Um, the way we use Slack is interesting. So we've kind of evolved how we use it. And we've been using it for you know, four or five years now. Um, 
we have what we call disposable channels and this is great. So when we have, especially around products, when we have something coming up, so let's say we're building a new feature campaigns, we'll create a channel of campaigns design. We'll put initial work in there and invite in specific team members to give feedback on that at the first stage. As that starts to go to production, we'll then invite more team in. And then as we go to testing, we'll then invite the rest of the team in to test it and smash it and put their feedback in there. Then when we go to release, it'll be up for a while for post-release feedback. And then, and then we'll destroy that channel and get rid of it. I like it. That's and, nice. Yes, you don't end up overwhelmed with uh, yeah, 100 channels. and You don't have, uh, uh, end up overwhelmed. Everyone knows they have feedback on a specific feature. They know exactly where it goes, not just dump it into like, the general chat on Slack where it's going to go missing. Or they're not going, oh, how do I put this into Jira or Notion or whatever else. Um, it works really well. Um, I think that's probably the most effective thing we've done. We, we do stand-ups in Slack as well. Mm-hmm. So although we don't have you know, daily stance with everyone in the company, we get everyone to post in what they're doing that day. So everyone in every single thing, and this is great for like management because I can look at that and see, you know, a GCS person in the UK is doing X, Y, and Z. I can pop in and be like, oh, do you need a hand with this? You know, other people can cross-pollinate. Um, it, gives a bit of, bit of, it gives visibility to what everyone on the team is doing so no one really has to ask. Um, people are like, oh, great, the product team are working on campaigns. I've got a question about that. Gotcha. Okay. So well- it's not... It's not necessarily tools. I think it's the processes that go on the tools that are probably more important. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think it's interesting, though, too, but it's like uh, for most teams, and this doesn't come as a surprise, I'm sure, to anyone, but Slack, you know, the communication tool being kind of the central hub there. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I've got one more question for you, Matt. Uh, and so it doesn't have to be a book, but either like a book, uh, something of reading, a piece of media. Um, what is something you're recommending to people, you find yourself recommending to people right now? It could be business, personal, anything goes. Uh, business-wise, I think the hard thing about hard things, which I'm sure many people have read anyway, it's good. It's great. It's, um, you read it and you're like, ah, oh, things are fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I haven't heard of it, so I will uh, have to check that out. I'll put that on my reading list. It's, it's Ben Horowitz. So he's, he's, he's one of you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, let, let read it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good, it's a good kind of war story. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Good deal. All right, well, Matt, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, I know that everyone who's going to listen to this get a lot of uh, good info out of this. I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing all of this. Um, so we've obviously talked about Bonjoro, but uh, you know, where should people go to find out either more about that or anything else that you're working on? Yeah, look, I think head to so if you want to give Bonjoro a shot, head there. It's free for a couple of weeks anyway. We even have a free account to travel that goes after that. So go to Bonjoro.com. Um, hop on board you will get welcomed by one of us with the bonjouro so you'll see it in action straight away um, if you want to reach out to me find out how to get in touch with me hit me up with any questions uh, not, not a problem I, I had a lot of help getting here so willing to help especially uh, new founders out so go for that awesome thanks Matt no worries Adam thanks for listening to this episode of the real world productivity podcast If you know someone that would enjoy this episode, please grab the link and send it via email, message, or whatever means works best. Now, if you're looking for more ways to increase your productivity, time management, and team building skills, be sure to go to productivity.academy slash resources to find out what tools, cheat sheets, and services can get you started and make the most impact right now. For those who want to make fast changes and want to save dozens of hours, I highly recommend joining the 14-Day Productivity Foundation Challenge at productivity.academy slash foundation challenge. This 14-day challenge takes minutes per day, 
but will help you develop or improve your daily review to get more done with less distractions and loss of focus. You'll also get over-the-shoulder directions for setting up an automation to save dozens of hours and the process for deciding what else you should automate and how to do it. And if you're serious about continuous improvement and you know that productivity, time management, and team building will impact every area of your personal and professional life, join us in the Growth Automation Membership. Find out more at productivity.academy slash join.